I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, I am Alex Hoban, winner of Series 1 of Channel 4's The Circle, and this is Dishonest Fun, the official Circle podcast. Each episode, a panel of celebrities, comedians and experts help me delve into the fascinating world of human behaviour, on and offline. Consider this your spoiler warning. If you haven't watched episode 12, what are you doing? Go and watch it on all four before we give the game away. Today, we're talking about influence. Being an influencer is the holy grail of the circle, but as they say, with great power comes great responsibility. What qualities make someone influential? How can we influence people in our daily lives? And just how crazy is influencer culture? With me to answer these questions and many, many more today are internet sensation and comedian Manya Chihuahua. Welcome Manya, how are you doing? Yes, I'm doing very well. Absolutely blown away by maybe the first time my name has ever been pronounced correctly on anything. So thank you. I, my heart dropped then. I thought, oh, I sucked this. <laughs> um, she's got a blue tick and she's not afraid to use it. It's DJ and presenter Ariel Free. How are you doing? Yeah, you got my name right as well. Well done for not calling me Look Ariel. Yes, smashing it, Alex. <laughs> and influencing us all with his knowledge bombs, it's our resident neuroscientist, Ash Rampura. How are you doing? I'm really well. It's good to be here, Alex. Awesome. Welcome, guys. So to kick things off, we do this every time. Basically, you guys give me a fact about yourselves. It can be true. It can be false. It could be anything. And I get to ask one question and decide whether I think it's true or false. Ariel, if we start with you, give me a fact about yourself. Um, I used to be a fit model. <laughs> OK, that's an interesting one. How do you get to do that? Are there jobs where you go in and have like a job interview for it? Yeah, you basically go in and have your feet photographed. And they find out if they like them or not. And then you go in, you put some shoes on, they take some snaps. And then there's like tens of thousands of pictures of your feet all over the internet trying to sell shoes. I don't know why I'm asking like I could ever do it because I have the world's crustiest feet. So there's a fact about me. (laughs) When I tell people that I am a foot model, the first thing they do is look at my feet. But you can't see my feet. So you guys are at a disadvantage. 
<laughs> I, I mean, I feel that if you've used it that many times before and you're that knowledgeable about the world of foot modelling, I'd say that's true, in my I opinion. I was a foot model. Yes! Yeah. Wow. I kind of gave the game away there by saying I used to say it to other people. Yeah, <laughs> that was a very I'd be terrible in the circle. Fair play, fair play. Okay. You heard it here first. Well, probably not, actually. You told everyone else. Um, <laughs> Manya, how about yourself? Well, I'm going to um, double up on model banter and say that I once turned down a uh, modelling job worth £2,000 when I was a kid because it involved me eating a cake with nuts in and I was allergic to nuts. Ooh. Okay, that's actually quite a difficult one. So how old were you when this was the case? Maybe like seven or eight. And you were the one that made the decision to turn it down, not your parents? Yes, I think my parents probably made the decision because knowing that I had a nut allergy... They probably realised <laughs> that me dying for £2,000 probably wasn't worth it. <laughs> this is true. How long did it take them to reach that decision is what I'd like to know. <clears throat> a little while, because yeah. it wasn't a full-on bite into the cake. It's a lot of money. I mean, it's a lot of money. What nuts are you allergic to? All of them, except coconut. But the thing is, it wasn't a bite into the cake. It was just hovering around the rim of the cake with my mouth. So potentially, I could have done that job, because basically it was a dinner party. <laughs> it was a birthday party i'd make my kid eat the cake yeah so, so imagine the scene it's a birthday party there's kids everyone some some are frozen like this cheering some are frozen and i am meant to freeze with my mouth around this cake but not eating the cake did you have to be the front and center you couldn't have backed off a tiny bit like a few few meters and been like one of the very very specific casting it's like same as turning up to a foot modeling shoot and going you know can i do elbows today it just doesn't work like that does it how badly do you react? Do you need an EpiPen? I mean, I've got EpiPens. I've never used it because I'm afraid of needles, so I sort of just firm it. Um, I generally, my voice tends to go an octave higher, maybe a couple of octaves higher, uh, and my throat does itch. But, you know, that's the worst of it. And I get terrible cramps as well. Oh, God. I mean, I'm... But we didn't know this. We, we, we didn't know this at the time because I was a kid, so I hadn't eaten many peanuts in my life at that point so we didn't know how bad the reaction could be it's only now after having yeah, done it sure. so many times by mistake i know cool i'm gonna generally be okay okay <laughs> so here's my thing i i believe that you're allergic to nuts but i'm not sure that i quite buy this model situation i'm going with false <laughs> okay he Anyone doesn't else? think you were a cute enough kid i didn't go yeah, there well, he hasn't seen my forehead when i was a kid <laughs> do you know what I'm kind of going to say with Alex, only because the way that you were like, first of all, you said about eating the cake, then you said actually it was going to hover around the rim of the cake. I feel like there's just a lot of like detail that wasn't matching. So I'm going to say, yes, you're allergic to nuts, but maybe you, you didn't have the opportunity okay. to model eating a cake okay. with nuts. Wait, hang on, I want to see what Ash says. Uh, why do I have to vote? <laughs> <laughs> no, come on. Uh, I believe you. But I don't know why I believe you, but I feel like because I'd like to believe true. you. Because it's true. Oh! Yeah. Well yeah. done. Soz. Jesus, you got me there. Sounds about that. <laughs> Ash, yeah. hit me with your fact. I feel like I did, had embarrassing facts on previous versions of this podcast. So this one uh, is actually slightly cooler, um, which is that I was the lead singer in a, Ze a Led Zeppelin cover band when I was in school. And, and I played with this band for two years and I had never listened to Led Zeppelin. But my friend who was the, I know, I know. Um, but my friend who was the drummer would, would hum the songs to me and I would just sing what he hummed. 
Sing a Led Zeppelin song for us then. I can't even do it without Eric Eric Bagan here to to, to, to <laughs> from the drum kit, you know. Oh. No, that's not that's a lie, and I'll tell you I why. I don't know. Also, I'm not sure I could reliably tell you which the Led Zeppelin songs mm. were. No, but listen, listen. <laughs> it was all a very poor situation. Imagine you're a kid, right? And someone goes, someone starts singing Twinkle Twinkle Little Star, so they're like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you don't if you've never heard that song before, even if someone puts the words in front of you, in front of you, you're not going to know the pacing and the spacing of those words. You might be like, yeah. "Twinkle, twinkle, little star." You know, you. Yeah. I don't think you'd have that much musical intuition. I'm just, I'm just going to roll with the previous sort of facts you've given me across other podcasts. I think you're telling the truth because you've got you always tell the truth, Ash. From what I've seen so far, is it true or false? It's true. I knew it. I knew it. That's nah. so true. I, I, I was, we were terrible. I mean, like, really, really <laughs> terrible. Yeah, you didn't know the but, words. <laughs> I didn't know the words. I didn't know the song. I didn't even know who Led Zeppelin were. And, and, but I think that my friends who were in the band, they were huge Led Zeppelin fans. And I think they felt that my way of singing the songs was so innovative and different. <laughs> <laughs> that they they really liked it so uh, so we did do that i mean no we were not popular i can assure <laughs> you of that okay so you guys know we're talking about influence today it's mm-hmm. it's a big topic um what do we mean by influence ash and and how do we get it oh, okay so i think what we mean by influence is some ability for a person to affect another person's decision making at one level and then at another level i think it's also something a bit softer than that you know like if we think about musicians or artists then they can talk about their influences and it's not really a specific decision it's more you know more like a style how we can get influence, I think, is a really, really interesting question. And there's there's probably a lot to be said for that. But uh, at a basic level, I would say in neuroscience, when we study influence, what we're looking at is uh, has something to do with confidence and the sharing of confidence. So basically, if you and I are collaborating on a task, if we want to get the best outcome for, the, for you and I to work together, we should go with the one of us that has the most confidence about the situation. If we assume that confidence means like capability, right? Mm. That, that, I would say that's how neuroscientists end up studying this question. Munya, obviously you have hundreds mm. of thousands, like over half a million followers just on Instagram alone. How fast did that sort of happen? And what do you put your success down to? Well, it happened quite quickly because in lockdown, audiences were always looking for new content and everyone was on their phone. So it was quite, it was quite an easy period for growth. And I think a lot of people did. For me personally, maybe it's because not so many people have, have done satire on a platform like Instagram before. Typically, we don't log on to Instagram and expect that kind of content. But, you know, I tried it and I found an audience that it resonated with. And I think the key to keeping an audience is just for them to know kind of who you are uh, behind the the facade that you put out there. Uh, When I get on my Instagram, a lot of the time my hair isn't very combed or I haven't performed emergency surgery on my eyebrows, which even (laughs) if I did, wouldn't make a difference. So I I think once people kind of gain gain a sense of, okay, you're not trying to convince me that you're perfect. There's a little bit more trust there. Mm. So I just try to be, with my sketches, I obviously try and be very fictional and I'm creating these characters. But when it it comes to me, I try to be very authentic. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I think what's interesting about what you're saying there is the relatability of your actual real life personality, as well as the personas that you're putting across to people in your comedy Mm -hmm. and making sure Mm -hmm. you balance that well. Um, Ariel, you have two outlets. I mean, you've got social media, but you're also a Radio 1 presenter. Does that differ in any way, the messages you convey across those? A lot of what I do on my Instagram is from me being in the studio, which I think people enjoy because... I have fun in the studio. It's like, for me, it's my dream job and I really enjoy it. So I really wanted to share that in a different medium other than just 
you hear my voice. Also spread a bit of joy. Like what Munya said, like it was, people were consuming on their phones constantly and um, and it was a time where people maybe wanted a bit of escapism. So if I'm being a bit bonkers and a bit silly in the studio, it's quite nice for people just to have 10 seconds of just going, what's she up to now? Um, so they go hand in hand and I definitely have different messages that I have to stick by. BBC obviously has a lot of things that we have to be impartial on and, and other things not so much. And so, yeah, there's some things that I definitely will probably risk a bit more on my Instagram than I would in the video. Definitely. Mm, and you've mm. both you've both mentioned there using your influence that you have um, built for good things, such as escapism and positivity. Have you ever been a bad influence? I had when, when Instagram first came around, I got really excitable about going on Instagram stories when I'd had one too many drinks. And at the time, I thought it was really hilarious. And then I'd wake up the next day and be like, oh. <laughs> You got the um, fear. You just see me like kind of descend at a festival, yeah. for example. And <laughs> I've very much cottoned on quickly that I just don't need to be doing drunken karaoke in the taxi home from a, club, a night out <laughs> because it can very easily just go from being entertaining to just being absolutely like like annoying as hell and instantly gets people. So no, I had to learn to not put post when when a couple of gins in. Sure. So you've got you've got that you've got that filter now that you put on when you're when you have too many too many yeah, beverages. Maybe just like mm. maybe one tequila, two tequila, fine, three tequila, no. No. Just avoid the, yeah. the phone away free. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Manya? I remember um uh when I used to live in Zimbabwe, obviously it's a very free spirited place, you know, you play out in the garden a lot and stuff like this. And um, you know, when you were keeping the grass in Zimbabwe is very different to England. It's not like you know low and flat. It's huge, like towering grass, and the gardeners use these things called slashes, which they go through the garden and then cut this grass down to size. Anyway, I figured out that if you straighten these slashes, essentially you can have a sword fight. And so I would trick my sister into sword fighting with me because I was like, no, this is what happens when you go to school. You have to learn to sword fight now so that when you go to school, you do well. And we'd be like sword fighting with these things and like bits of metal would be coming off on her finger and she'd be crying. I'd be like, look, no, come on, you've got to, you've got to fight through the pain, fight through the tetanus. Um, so yeah, I basically train, influence my sister to become a sort of medieval swordsman. <laughs> Fair play. Fair play, jeez. Ash, Munya there has, has influenced his sister into becoming a sword fighter. Ariel, perhaps influencing people um, to drink too many drinks on a weekend and enjoy themselves. Mm. Is, is that one of the dangers of social media is how we can influence people without them actually realising they're being influenced? Yeah, and I, and I actually think it's also a danger for Munya and Ariel because you don't realise that when people look up to you, you don't really realise the ways in which you might be influencing them. I mean, I think for many people in their position, uh, it's kind of surprising to find that, that people are dressing like you or talking like you or that, you, you know, the, the, the level to which you affect people. When people are really influenced, we're unaware that our opinions have been changed. You know, it yeah. sort of sneaks in through the back door and then you suddenly find that you're making decisions in a different way. I mean, we probably all had this experience, like when you meet someone you really like and you start you, you, you start mirroring their body language or you start mirroring the kind of words that they use in conversation um, I mean, I've certainly seen this in my son who, who's 12. And, you know, when he makes a new friend at school, like suddenly there's new vocabulary, there's new, there's sort of new, new phrases creep into his mm. language or he sees a movie that he likes. And suddenly like the joke in the movie becomes kind of his joke. <laughs> Sometimes he's even unaware that it's the joke from the movie. It's just kind yeah, of like yeah. become a thing he says, you know. So I think influence is most effective when it's kind of subtle like that. It's so interesting 
the way that people can be influenced by people with huge followings is quite dangerous in some ways because essentially somebody's own personal opinion can basically be betrayed to thousands and thousands of people who will adopt that same opinion because it's their hero and their follower. I feel like that's a really positive thing, but it's also can be a really dangerous thing. I guess who's the weirdest or funniest influencer you guys have ever seen? My personal one is Carol Baskin when she became mm. famous and started doing cameos and like shout outs to people. That was just so weird and baffling for me. I always did Daisy Cooper at the moment is oh, like killing man. it in terms of just like calling people out, but in the most comical and mm. hilarious way. For me, it's lovely to see a woman break through the bullshit a bit. And I would say maybe Olivia Atwood from Love Island, she's kind mm. of similar. And it's kind mm. of like, I'm going to do, not do what I want because it's not an entitlement, but just as an, I'm going to call you out in your bullshit, but do it in a way that isn't like offensive or horrible to that person or cancelling them or whatever. Mm. So I love this kind of, movement of like we have freedom of women being able to call people out in their bullshit which is not necessarily a freedom they've had before the mm. daisy may cooper thing was unbelievable brilliant uh, just the, genius yeah which i want to write mm. about my boyfriend's wonky knob was i yeah. think her, her <laughs> term. I know she's number one in the pre-order yeah bits. and then she made it it was <laughs> sick it was completely great um what about you manya I get influenced by superhero movies a lot. I remember coming out of like Spider-Man 1 and sort of trying to get out of the exit before everyone else by like running up the wall <laughs> and then um, <laughs> being taken to sort of a play area straight afterwards and just, you know, backflipping off the, the vending machines and stuff, being like, no, I can do it. I really can do it. I even went up to the shed at one point and was just looking for spiders to bite me. <laughs> so I think, you know, Marvel ne really needs to be careful about the kind of rates of poisonous spider bites that they're encouraging in their audience. That's incredible. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Well, of course, people influence each other all the time in various different ways, but in the circle, it pays to be an influencer. Mm. In episode 12 of The Circle, new girl Pippa has invited Manrika, 
Gemma, who's played by Hunter, and Dorothy, played by Scott, to a girly chat. Take a listen to this clip and let me know what you think. Pippa has invited you to a girl gang chat. How bloody wonderful! I need to lick some ass in this chat and also show some personality. It's interesting she's invited everybody, so obviously I've got to be a bit careful what I say, but really I just want to target Pippa and hopefully I'll be in her mind when it comes to the influencer. Circle message. Morning, girls. Loads of S's. Exclamation mark. Red love heart. Just thought I'd make a chat to say hi and check in on you all. Smiley face, kiss, send. Message. Morning, ladies. Love a group chat with the girls, especially when we've got a new boss ass bitch added to the clan. <laughs> Starstruck clapping. Currently doing my makeup. How was your, your first night, hon? See, I like her too. I, I honestly like these girls. Circle message. Absolutely loved my first night here. As I'm a newcomer, do you guys have any words of wisdom for me? Send. Message, words of wisdom, question mark. Be yourself, laugh at every opportunity and bloody wing it, laughing face emoji. When I say bloody wing it, I've got post-it notes on my fridge, a notebook full of notes, each day planned out of what I've written, each writing planned out of what I've written, but I'm not gonna give them my tactics, am I now? <laughs> Gemma, you look insane, hun. You don't need the gym. Love struck emoji, send. <laughs> So great that Manrika's gelling with me a bit here. Seems like genuine, doesn't she, with these messages? <laughs> there you go. So, I mean, just so you guys know, we've edited that clip for the purpose of the show. We're not changing the circle, I promise. Um, off the back of the clip, what do you guys think? What's your thoughts on those characters and what they're doing? Uh, well, I think what you can ascertain about influence from that clip is that sometimes there's this sort of hyper flattery that happens when we're trying to get someone on side you know all the real kind of sickly sweet loads of kisses and these emojis and babes this and hun that I think a lot of the time it does come across as uh, disingenuous especially in everyday life like if you're watching someone and they keep on kind of using all this hyperbole and stuff it makes it puts us on edge because we think is everything really that perfect are you really that nice and that's why I think a lot of the time you know, people like Daisy May Cooper who just tell it as it is are the people that resonate more strongly because there's no there's no facade. It's just like you're getting the real 100% authentic product. So um, when I watched that clip, I just thought, okay, I didn't feel any real camaraderie. I just thought this is straight game playing. Mm. Yeah, 100%. I mean, when, when I was in the on the show, I sort of strategized myself into a place of influence as well in, in obviously a fake way because I was pretending to be a woman. However, <laughs> I think the way that... M Manrika's doing it. It's quite mm. interesting. Um, have you guys ever portrayed a different version of yourself to get extra likes or extra influence? I certainly oh. have. Oh, yes. It worked on the show. I'm mm. sure it works mm. in the circle, definitely. Mm. I don't know if I've ever been guilty of it because I instantly get my back up if I feel like someone's being too nice or too forward or too... I instantly am suspicious of it. Not to say that I want everyone to come in like cool as a cucumber or whatever and like so laid back their horizontal, but it's just that thing of like... If you're so lovely to me from the off, I'm like, what's what's going on with you? What's wrong with you? What's what's, what's the agenda here? <laughs> mm. So I don't know what that says mm. about me being suspicious of everyone, but I have to give me for me to get my back up a bit. But it worked for her, didn't it? It works in that in that episode. Like she gets rated, oh, she becomes influencer and she gets she rates really high, doesn't she? So um, it's interesting because I think it's very different environments from being face to face and being 
through a screen and on tests like messages get misconstrued all the time don't they like even like my mm-hmm. best friend I can still not understand that her tone of what a text was so I find like that is a whole other like challenge that I can't really relate to because I've never been in a box on my own communicating only via like mm-hmm. a messaging system yeah I mean yeah have you ever done anything shady to gain influence yes so um I used to um in the early days when I was looking for a manager and, you know, they don't want to hear about it because I didn't have any followers and stuff like this. I used to email them saying that I was Idris Elba's brother. I used to put that in the title of the email. <laughs> and then I'd write this whole email and then at the bottom I'd say, I'm not actually Idris Elba's brother. Please give me a, you know, please manage me or whatever. And, you know, it worked kind of. So it got me into two meetings. <laughs> That's amazing. The rest of them probably like, wow, Idris Elba's brother has terrible grammar. Who would have thought? <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. I think one of the things that's really interesting about that clip and about influence in general is this idea that if someone is influences you, you feel that they've understood you. So it's really, really important to kind of project empathy so that the person listening feels understood. If you think about like a, a celebrity that you admire, ev- everybody thinks, oh, that person would really get me. Like, I'm really sure Brad Pitt would think I was awesome. Mm. You know, and, th- and, and that's why he has influence, because I feel that he would understand. I mean, I don't think Brad Pitt would, but <laughs> I'm just like, you know what I mean? Like in, in, in general. So I think empathy it, or projecting empathy is really important if, you, if you're thinking about what, it, what does it take to gain influence? But I think the other thing that's interesting is that it, it varies depending on how much influence you already have. Mm. And there's a, there's a famous theory about this by, by these two writers called Bayerian and de Groot. They published a paper which showed that if you have, if you have low influence, like you're starting out on, at the bottom level, then you should project high confidence. So you should state things like, I'm sure about the outcome of this election or whatever. If, if, but if you have high influence, like you're already really, really influential, you should be very, very cautious in what you say. Interesting. And so, so the way that you gain influence changes as you start to get influence. And I think that's kind of interesting because, you know, in the circle, some of the characters are coming in as new members of the game and some have already been there and already have influence and they, they have to have different strategies. What do you guys think the winning strategy is going to be on the circle? And who do you think is going to win more importantly? Yeah, uh, The winning strategy, I think, is just not being too sincere, not coming across as being too, you know, pally, because I feel like in a game where strategy is what wins, people will expect you to be nice. Sometimes surprising people by being a bit maybe frank or blunt or maybe not saying what you think they want to hear will give more assurance that the person is actually who they say they are. Very good. So I'd say it's a happy medium between kind of, you know, not being too, too cheesy, but also kind of being a little bit blunt when, when, when needs be. Mm. How about you, Ariel? I can't call it. I was going to say, just, just pretend you're an old lady because nobody wants to defend <laughs> the old lady. So that's why Dorothy is like yeah, Dorothy's flying high. The, the character of Dorothy is this lovely old dear who's really interested and polite, really inoffensive, super um, uh, kind of enthusiastic towards everyone without being too much and like some this disingenuous thing where making anyone suspicious. Um, so yeah, just just be over 75. awesome guys listen thank you so much for joining me today Ariel, Ash and Idris's younger brother it's been an absolute (laughs) pleasure thank you so much for joining me today on Dishonest Fun the official Circle podcast to keep updated with us as new episodes drop make sure you subscribe and let us know if you're enjoying it by leaving us a review it really helps other people find us 
Of course, the rest of the circle is going out on Channel 4 all this week. And the next time I see you, we'll be exploring trust or lack of it. Thanks, guys, and see you soon. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.